Welcome back to BallSafe, the show about the commercial side of the pinball industry. My name is Ryan Cravens. Thank you to everyone that reached out to me and gave me feedback. Uh, sadly, Debbie Harry was not one of them, uh, so I guess I have to continue on with this show. Today, my guest is Rachel Bess of Electric Bat Arcade. She is a wonderful and talented person, and I truly enjoyed speaking with her. Before we get to our conversation, uh, let's look at uh, some things that are going on in the commercial side of pinball. Uh, first, Up Down opens up in Oklahoma City. Uh, up Down, if uh, those of you are not uh, familiar with it, it is a chain of bar arcades. Don't call them barcades because Barcade will not like that. And uh, this is their latest location. Uh, it's just great seeing a, uh, a new loca- uh, pinball-specific location open up uh, in times like this. So uh, I hope uh, they, they really do have success with this. And, uh, and I'll be tracking uh, the rest of their locations opening up. They're mainly in the Midwest. Uh, Save Colorado Arcades Petition. Uh, this is actually going to come up a little bit later in probably the next episode uh, when I talk to uh, my next guest. But uh, this is a trend that's going on. And, and essentially what's happening is that states are having certain rules that are friendlier to casinos than they are to FECs, family entertainment centers, or bar arcades. And essentially, what they're doing is they're saying, hey, you know, casinos, you can open up. Or in in example for Illinois, they were allowing the, uh, the locations that have slot machines and bars uh, open up, but not necessarily the, the arcades. There are many reasons for that. One of the main reasons is the states are, are getting money from uh, the casinos. They're usually getting a, a cut uh, of some of that. So that's what's going on here in Colorado. And uh, this, this is also happening in uh, Ohio as well as other states. Again, they are looking at this and saying, hey, guys, this is not fair. We're a business as well. Obviously, they do not have the deep pockets that the uh, casinos do for lobbyists. So that's usually why this is happening. But uh, you're starting to get people getting uh, uh, more public support behind them, hence this petition that uh, some of the Colorado operators are doing. And then another opening. Uh, this one is, is super exciting. It's a Cider Cade uh, down in Austin, and it is owned by the Bishop Cider Company. And if you have not been to the Cider Cade down in, uh, in Dallas, and I'm going to cough. If you have any, uh, any places uh, that you know of that are opening up or any news around the, you know, the commercial world, please let me know. Uh, again, you can uh, text us. Text us. No, you can't text us. I'm not giving you my, my phone number. However, you can email us at uh, ballsafe at iCloud.com. Okay, uh, this episode is a conversation with Rachel Bess of Electric Bat in Tempe and now Flagstaff, Arizona. Uh, according to Pinball Map, in the greater Phoenix area, there are about 64 uh, locations with nearly 260 pinball machines. Uh, and, and Rachel is, is actually a big reason why the, the pinball has been growing in the desert there. Uh, so you uh, will find out why when you listen to this conversation. Please enjoy my chat with Rachel. Um, but of course, that was before COVID. So... <laughs> So the one in Chicago is the only one, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, it, it is in a uh, an area called Schaumburg, which is uh, near where I work, uh, near where a lot of the, the pinball uh, factories are. So uh, a lot okay. of different pinball factories have uh, games in Pac-Man Entertainment. But, so, yeah, that's really cool. So tell me about your background, because you have a really unique background. It's really cool, um, and it's, it goes beyond just uh, – it didn't start at opening your location. So, so give me your, your oeuvre, your, your, your background, if you will. Okay. Um, well, I actually have a degree in painting, fine art. Um, and so I was an artist. I taught art um, and then just continued to do art for 15 plus years. And that was my sole source of income. Um, and then I kind of parlayed that a little bit into, into games. In between, um, I co-founded ZapCon, which is the Arizona pinball and arcade convention. Started with the main machine many, 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 many years ago and just kind of kept going from there. One pinball machine, two, four, 20, 50. I don't know how many, <laughs> but uh, Somewhere around the, the 20 machine mark, it, you know, I didn't need to be storing them. I didn't need, you know, paying for storage on top of having them in my house. And it just so happened out that happened that um, the guys that own a bar out here called Yucca Tap Room, which is a, a legendary punk bar that's been around for about 50 years, wanted to expand and have an arcade in it. And they kept kind of asking around, like, who would be a good person to do this? They knew that they didn't really know um you know they knew the bar business they didn't know the arcade side and people sent them my way and we we became partners and opened up the first incarnation of electric bat which within a year tripled in size and then we just last week opened our second location up in flagstaff both the bar and the arcade uh, in the middle of a pandemic <laughs> we are as far as i know we are the first bar of our type to be legally allowed to be open in if not the state at least that county wow is it, there's so much to unpack there <laughs> uh which number one opening a second location number one congratulations that's awesome thank you thank you so much but but also under these circumstances is uh is just mind-boggling uh in a good way well, yeah, it, it is. And I would say that probably if there are four of us that are that are partners in the, the Flagstaff venture, and if we were starting the process in July, we would probably have had second thoughts. But this has been going on for over a year, just as, you know, a lot of lawyers, a lot of just all of the, the nuts and bolts of opening a location. Um, so by the time we finally got the keys, it was like, well, here we are. So we're, we're operating at 7% capacity. We've chosen to, our venue, it holds um, well over 500, I think close to 600 people. It's, it's a huge, um, it's got a huge stage, lots of, it's right off Route 66. So a lot of touring acts come through there. Uh, it was formerly known as a place called the Green Room and uh, it's and it's now uh, Yucca North and Electric Bat Arcade. So oh, okay, so so Yucca Tap Room now 
maybe you're the person that told me this, or maybe I totally made this up on my own. It, was it considered the CBGB of the West or? Yeah, it's, it's very, very much like a CBGBs of the, of the West. Um, it's already been just in the short time that we've been around. I have spent, you know, hours playing pinball with Mike Palm of agent orange. Like you just, you know, they're in there playing and come on, no, let's play one more game. Like he wouldn't like monsters was this thing. We, we were, I don't know how many beers in and he wouldn't like, Oh, there's a lower play. Those second set of buttons. It was, uh, just just crazy things that you wouldn't think uh, would be happening in, for something like this. It's just every day, Kayla and I wake up and, and go into the arcade like, man, this is what we get to do. We get to go in and play and fix, a lot of fixing also, <laughs> games for a living. And it's it's really, really fun. Wow. Wow. Okay. So when I visited... Again, it was about a year, a couple of months, actually, because I was down there for a buddy's graduation. It was one of the first trips I, I took uh, since I had, I guess, re-equated re, uh, myself with the, the pinball industry. And uh, and so when I visited, it was the first incarnation of Electric Bat. Okay, so you, and, you saw the galley view where it was like a row of pinball machines down one side and a row of, of video games down the other. Yes, Okay. Yeah. And, and then there was the little like booth mm -hmm. where, where you could imagine that nefarious meetings had happened in the past. Yes. That there, there are a lot of things that have gone on at that booth and <laughs> since and well before my time. <laughs> and, and, and one of the things that, and you're going to think I'm a total geek about this, but what, what I loved was not, not only was the selection of games, uh, but the first time I went in there, your head was in deep in a an older i think an em uh by chance uh when when i was there um it was definitely an older game and probably you, really solid state i don't i yeah okay yeah so it's so, yes yes uh and it, but you had also had created these awesome tables that went in between uh the the games not just the pinball but but the uh video games too and you you had like funky art like uh maybe uh comic book uh like like pages of comic books in there as a top but these were like uh, perfect for a, for a bar and for when you're playing games thank you yeah that each one is different they're like old one of the things that i really love are those old advertisements for along the lines of the x-ray specs type stuff but i like the the stuff that's even a little bit weirder all of these you know rings that will tell the future and and gory kits that you can make and you know just fake blood advertisements those sorts of things so i have a lot of those around the arcade and, and on a lot of those tables there's some old vintage horror comics on on there as well um stuff like that wow wow and it's it Really quick, it is Electro Packet Bat is one of my favorite places. It's one of my happy places in the world. And then when you expanded, you turned it into a tiki theme. So whenever we expanded, we cut a, a basically the size of double doors out of the wall where the pinball machines are. And then the new side of that is maybe 
twice again as big as the original size. Mm -hmm. um, so we've got another row of pinball machines and a couple of drivers down on, on that wall, more pinball machines along the back wall. And then in the corners is the world's smallest tiki bar. And <laughs> it has, it's, and it's, it's like horror tiki. So, so I, I made these, um, these like giant uh, cutouts of, of Creature from the Black Lagoon and an alien and the attack from Mars aliens. And they're like cheersing each other with tiki, you know, tiki drinks and stuff. They're just seven foot tall versions of, of those. We, so, and, and then in the corner, there's this little bar and it, ha it holds, I think there's usually about four or five seats in the corner and you can go and, and get your tiki drinks and your glow-in-the-dark electric bat cups. And our biggest seller is a pin killer, which is our version of a painkiller, but uh, they're all named after, all the drinks are named after um, pinball machines or arcade games and they're, they're, they're takes on um, classic tiki drinks. So what is a painkiller? I'm not familiar with, with that drink. It's, um, it, it's pineapple juice, orange juice, coconut, couple of types of rum, some, some bitters. That's, that's, there, there are several different versions of, of actual painkillers. This is our version of one of those types. It's a lot of booze and some sweet stuff. I mean, that's, that's pretty much what uh, the, the basics of, of tiki drinks in general is. Yes. But, and, and you won't get scurvy, which is good. <laughs> right, right. It's usually some, some citrus in there. Yeah. Uh, there's there's some uh, musician that just came down with scurvy. Uh, James Blunt. For re you can still get it. Okay, this is yes, it was just a headline, but James Blunt gets scurvy, and then you look down further because he was on an all meat diet to show how masculine he was, and then he got James Blunt was trying to be like, look at me. I'm like, whenever I think of masculine guys, he's not even on on the long list, much less the short list. And now that you've gotten scurvy from your diet, that that list got, I mean, come on, man. Well, I, I, th <laughs> I think that just shows why he went on the diet because people like you are <laughs> him. I mean, well, I, think I, mean you're, I think you may be responsible for his scurvy. my fault. I'll send him a lime. <laughs> or a painkiller uh, or a right. painkiller. Yeah. And so, so what are some of the other uh, drink names that you have? Because you said they were arcade themed. Uh, we've got a Walking Dead, uh, which I guess is both yes, it is. zombie yeah. and, and pinball themed. Uh, a Medieval Madness, a Black Lagoon, things along those lines. Okay. So now is the, the, the new location, Flagstaff, that, that just opened, is, is, does it have the same kind of feel or is it... It's very different. Okay. So whenever you walk in this bar, to the left is a smaller stage. Um, I should be able to give you the dimensions, like uh, probably about eight pinball machines wide. And <laughs> this is how I'm doing it. <laughs> and, uh, and then another five to eight deep but it, it sort of curves around okay. it's it was used um, previously as a karaoke stage like a small acts sort of stage and that that there's a bar in this main room you go through the main room and and then the back part is the huge stage where you would see you know bigger acts and, and like where 
giant mosh pits would be and, and that sort of thing. And since it's going to be a very long time before we can have the live music again, uh, right now the, the arcade and pinball machines are in the front room. Um, so they're on that karaoke sort of stage. There's still plenty of room for, you know, some people to do those types of um, acoustic set type things on that stage and a few nearby that. Uh, and in the back, it looks like what we're going to do is just start putting up picnic tables um, so everybody can be very far apart from each other and also space out some more games back there. But overall, um, like Electric Bat in Tempe has, has a very kind of enclosed, it, it's its own space. In this one, it's much more integrated into the bar as a whole. Um, the theme is similar. Okay. Yeah. And so this, this bar has a lot of... Um, it has less grit than, than the original Yucca Tap Room, as a lot, of, a lot more like red velvet and like fire lighting, that sort of stuff. Um, so what is fire lighting? I'm not familiar like, with that term. Oh, it's just like LED lights that- Oh, look, like, like looks look, like, look, like, oh, okay. Like so so it yeah. it's literally looks like fire. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> okay so, so it, it's almost more loungy then. Very like much lounge more room. more loungy than than the original one. The original one is, you know, it you can tell that it's been around for a while, and that's you know that's what I love about that place. Um, this one, this one is actually the building is much older. The building is over a hundred years old, and it's it's been many things. Uh, it's been breweries. It's been. Um, it also has an interesting history about things that we know that have gone on in there uh, before before we we acquired it some less legal than others i think um so it's, it's great to be in these these places that have this history it's historic um, almost all if not all of downtown flagstaff is historic so you can't change anything from the outside it's stone walls like lodge pole type interiors it's it's a hundred and something years old so it's it's a it's a cool spot for out yeah. west that's very old <laughs> well, well, yes <laughs> I mean, I grew up on the West Coast, so it's just, to me, like, oh, yeah, that's really old. But then when you get further, even in the Midwest, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're in a, near a town where they actually filmed uh, Groundhog Day. Oh. Uh, it's, and, and you, you go through there, and it, so it looks like the, the downtown Puxatawney, but, you know, some of those buildings are 150 years old. And uh, some, some of the, the, the areas, uh, they have little monuments to people that went and fought in the Civil War and things like that. So it's, uh, yeah, it, it, it reminds you how young the, the West is. <laughs> yeah. So now, now to kind of get back, uh, when before Electric Bat and you were, you, you got into to Zapcon, it's, you, you kind of went over it briefly, but it, it's, you're more than just, you know, collecting these games. I mean, you, you are, would you say the, the sole uh, technician on, on your games? So, I mean, you're pretty familiar with, with all these games, not just pinball. Yeah, um, I am the primary technician on them. I, Kale is also now helping out with that. Um, but yeah, I don't have outside techs. Every once in, a, once in a blue moon, when something is just like amazingly screwed up, uh, there there's a guy in town, um, firebird pinball who he's been out there one time to, okay. to help but yeah i am i am the tech i'm the tech the janitor the 
Um, and now, you know, kale, kale is also those things with me. So. No, do you, do you also, uh, work the bar as well? And, um, rarely I I've, I've done a little bit of the tiki bar stuff. I never work any of the main bars. That's not, I've never, that's, that's not my forte. I, I mean, I can make a, a mean drink, but I'm, my energy is better spent like soldering or, you know, fixing, fixing things or, or making tournaments happen. And, and I heard that, that solder is not good for, uh, for drinks. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> or skin as it turns out. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, that's a visual. Thank you for that. Uh, in, in now in Zapcon, you were also working with Marco, right? At, at, uh, for, for a, a period of time. Yeah. So Zapcon, this, this would have been our eighth year. Um, so it's been going on much longer than, than my relationship with Marco was, but yeah, at the beginning, we started that about five years in, I think Marco, Marco came, I think years five, six, and seven. Um, and I did not work with them the first year. I think I was working with them on the second two years. It's all, it's all kind of a blur. And my job over there um, was officially the marketing director, but it, it really was a, you know, every, everybody that worked, works or worked there had a lot of different hats. So um, what I did in reality was a lot of just the, the logistics for, for going to shows and going to a lot of shows. So the, the best part about that job was, was being able to go to, you know, 16 pinball shows a year. I mean, it's exhausting. Anybody that's been to a pinball show knows that it's, you know, it's fun and exhausting as a, as an attendee, whenever you're working it and speaking at high volumes for 16 hours a day, four days in a row. I mean, it's just, it's, it, it just, you know, it's amazing that anybody outside of their twenties can, can even <laughs> can yes. do that. Um, but, but I got to meet so many people and see so many arcades and, and just, just the meeting all of the people related to, to being in that job was, was just so cool. Yeah. Because I mean, you were for, for lack of a better term, I mean, you were, you were kind of a, a fixture or, or a personality with, within the, uh, the pinball community, just because you, you were going to all these locations or all these, these trade shows and, and, and whatnot. And, and as you said, going to all these, these arcades and, and, and obviously you had mentioned earlier that uh, the folks at the Yucca Tap Room, you know, were, were searching for, an arcade, you know, within their location. But I, I imagine going to these different locations, it was kind of giving you the itch a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, it, it wasn't something that I had thought about opening on my own until they mentioned it. And even at the beginning, I was willing to, I was like, well, I'm not sure if I want to, you know, because I'm still painting full time and, and doing all these other things. Like, do I have the time to to like start a bit, it wasn't really on my mind, but whenever I started guiding them on, here's how I think you should do it, here's what I think would work, it very quickly became, whoa, do you do you want to just do this? And then, you know, I thought about it for, for a little bit and, and yeah, but by that time I, I had, I did have the benefit of, of seeing so many places and, and just, you know, becoming familiar with so many different aspects of the industry that it, that was a real, um, it was very helpful. Yeah. And one thing before 
I forget. It, this is weird. So this is the second episode that, that I've done. And the first one uh, was uh, w- with a guy named uh, Logan Bowden. I don't know if you've oh. heard of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he, he's with Quarter World. He had the same degree as you do. I... Yeah, he, he's a fine arts uh, major as well, which is, so apparently that is the thing. So I have, I can only interview people that are in the <laughs> coin-op world and have a fine art degree. I love Quarter World. Um, so you know, we had a chance to go up there when, when we were doing the show uh, up there this last year and, and, and we hung out there for a little bit. And that's, I actually, I didn't know that. I, you know, I met him, but I, I didn't know about his background. I wish I would have known and that we would have had time to chat. Um, hey, Logan, let's, uh, let's meet up on the internet sometime. <laughs> well, at, at some point when we can all get together at a show or, or something, we will, I'll, I'll definitely make sure you guys get some time. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, it's, uh, they're, they're, uh, I talked about it in, in, the, uh, in, in the show, the first show, but uh, they've totally ripped up um, uh, Quarter World. And uh, they, they, it's an old, old building. Uh, I don't think as old as Flagstaff, but it's, it's getting there. And oh, I've uh, been, I've been. <laughs> okay, so, yeah. So you see, it was, it was an old theater, and uh, so they're redoing the floor, but they, they they're upgrading some things. Uh, they still have the Tesla coil, uh, but it was when he showed me the pictures of, of everything ripped out. It was a little sad because it is again one of my happy places, but uh, they. You know, when, when, when COVID hit, uh, they started renting their machines out to uh, local, uh, you know, houses and apartments uh, around Portland. And, uh, and so they, they're still in dozens and dozens of, of, of homes uh, around the area. And, and so I guess what that, that brings me to is, so you have this awesome, awesome business and you created a, another location in the, the middle of the pandemic. So, so tell me, you know, what, what are you doing uh, right now? Because with, you know, let, let's start with the first location in Tempe where you've been there, you, you had to be closed for, for quite some time. I'd been following you on, on social. And Many months. Yeah. So, so tell, tell me, what, when, did, when did you guys shut down and how were you able to, to get through this? We shut down on St. Patty's Day and we actually, I was following what Logan was doing as well, and um, we rented out some machines uh, also to to get through those first few months. Uh, and then once it became, once we could open up, because there was a, a brief reopening time in, in Arizona. So during that time, we did not fully reopen as an arcade for most of it. We were doing private reservations. So you could just, you and up to, nine of your friends uh, and it was mostly groups of like four or something could rent out the arcade and just have it have it to yourself and um we would just we would go and um make that happen i was definitely bartending during <laughs> during that time because there was there was it was pretty limited um and that that's that's how we got through it then for a while we were it was a hard shutdown and it was already in the 110s here so moving moving machines when it's that hot is not good for you or the machines no. so we just we just kind of ate it um those months and uh used that time to go back and forth it was while we we knew that flagstaff was likely to open um so we went up there and we we're, we're, we're used that time to work on 
on getting that all cleaned up and and ready to go. Okay, so so you you're renting some games out for for a while now. Are you so the Tempe Arizona is it fully open now or, or it's no okay um, right now still you cannot open out here I don't know how they've done it in other places but out here we have many 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 different types of liquor licenses so if you're a restaurant you have a couple of different types available to you but if you're just primarily a bar regardless of whether or not you serve food um, you have a certain type of liquor license in those specific ones the ones that we have were were cherry-picked to be shut down so they were shut down people that held those liquor licenses regardless of what you sold they shut down gyms um, they shut down tubing there's a salt river out here and people sometimes go inner tubing on it they shut that down it was all very um, a lot of it seemed very PR based and not necessarily uh, based in fact our governor um, has some financial interests in some of the restaurant stuff, I think. And so, so his buddies did not get shut down. Um, so it, it felt very, very unfair to the bars and still the bars with our liquor license are shut down um, regardless of what steps you, from, from day one, from back in, in March, like early on, we put up all the plexi, we kept everybody far apart. We did all kinds of sanitation things I and mean, we were really going above and beyond as a bar to be responsible you know cleaning off the machines every all the time um having people wear masks those those sorts of things but now it looks like finally people are going to be able to start reapplying to open once the numbers go down in in the particular counties flagstaff the numbers are much much lower than they are in in Tempe, Phoenix, different counties. So that's one of the reasons Flagstaff was allowed to open. Okay. I, I was earlier today, I was on a phone call with uh, an association for, for operators, uh, the folks that typically run games in bars um, mm -hmm. for the audience. So they know most of the time the bars do not own the games that are in there. Uh, you are a little bit different in uh, quarter world is a little bit different, but they're, they're also an operator and operate in different bars. Uh, but th this was a, a collection of operators from all over the country. And it, it just really depends on where you are, where, you know, some areas like in, in Portland, uh, there, you, you have these different coalitions of states. So the, the West is, is pretty tough and uh, they're still in phase one in, in the Portland area. Uh, you know, Quarter World is, is not able to, to open up yet, uh, but, but some of the bars that they operate in, uh, they're able to open up, but it's most of these, these places that we were talking to uh, this afternoon, they're at 50%, some of them are at 75% at best. I mean, you mentioned 7%, which is the wackiest number I've ever heard, which I love. That was, that was sort of our choice because okay. of how, how we could, we haven't opened the entire bar we've only opened the, the front part um, the back part with all the stage and all that we're still working on that and, and getting it ready to go so in that front part the ways that we could space people out with plenty of like there's no argument that people are very well spaced out and we just decided to go with um, a, a number a capacity that that worked 
out, you know, it's around 50 people, um, 40, 45 people at a time. Um, so yeah, 7%. Now, and so if Flagstaff, you are, so even at 7%, you are open at this point? We are, we are open. Yeah. Okay. And so it's, obviously there's a group of people that, uh, and a large group of people that just want to get out. So how are, you know, so what, what has the reaction been so far? So it was, it was actually really weird. We did not, we did zero advertising for opening up. I mean, none. There was a little bit of word of mouth to some of our industry friends up there, just other, other breweries and, and businesses like that, that, that are up there in restaurants. And um, we had lines out the door. We had, we turned away dozens of people. Uh, people really, really want to get out. You know, we wanted to have kind of a soft opening. Like, we'll just, it'll be kind of a friends and family because nobody knows about it. They, they, they found out. So it's been slammed. Um, it's been, it's been slammed, you know, as much as you can be slammed at, at 7%. Um, yeah. And we also didn't advertise because we weren't sure at the last minute, you know, if numbers changed, if anything happened, then we wouldn't be able to open. So we didn't want to put out a bunch of press saying, come on down and then have people like, oh, sorry, we're just kidding. Try again in two weeks. Um, so. Now, now with, with Flagstaff, do you, do you have any idea of, of when they're possibly relaxing? Because you said that the, the numbers there are much better than they are in, in, in Tempe. I think it'll be a few months, a couple of months before everything is much, much better. Um, you know, I'm just, Electric Bat is really fortunate in where they are in Flagstaff and the way that we're laid out in Tempe um, with the bar. There's some hoops we can jump through. You know, we shut, we can actually shut ourselves off from the bar. As you remember, there's some double doors. So then mm -hmm. the arcade doesn't have to follow those same rules as a bar does, we just can't sell liquor inside the arcade while that that's going on. But we have some other friends, you know, like, like Cobra, for example, Cobra Arcade, they're, they're just a liquor license and they have no way of shutting off games from, basically they, Cobra, as it stands right now, cannot open until the numbers are down at 3%. Well, 3% is going to be well into next year, I would imagine. So there are so many businesses that, that I've seen out here and, you know, on the West Coast, a lot of the, the Portland, Seattle, California, like those that are just, they're just shutting down. We're going to lose so many amazing arcades over the next year. And it's, it's so sad. You see, all, you see people trying not to do GoFundMes and, and things like that, trying to be resourceful in any way that they can, renting out machines, selling shirts, doing those types of things just to bring in like the minimal amount of income. I think a lot of people just don't realize how many, like, you're well into the five digits just every month that you have to spend on rent and bills and, and those sorts of things. If you're, if you're a full bar like that, it's just, it's just so hard to do. And uh, I think it's going to be amazing if, if, if half of the arcades around the country survive this, I think we'll be lucky. Yeah, unfortunately, you're right with that. Uh, we, we've already seen quite a few uh, places uh, close, you know, some of the, the more uh, you know, famous places uh, like Modern Pinball in New York closed. Their yeah, doors. Oh, that one was, it looked like Wedgeheads. They're, they're in a 
tough or not opening spot. Um, some of my favorite places. Yeah, it's 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 almost it's almost every week you see one or two places you know throwing the towel, and it's um, and, and it's not like the you know the the thirst of for for going out and, and playing pinball, and playing uh, video games, and just going out and having a good time. It's just in a lot of these areas, like you said, they're not allowed to open up, and and, and I don't think that everybody understands that. Uh, and, and then getting back to, to what you're saying uh, earlier about, you know, people doing things, you know, like selling merch, doing GoFundMe, uh, things like that. You're, I, hopefully people aren't getting numb to that. And, and, and I definitely don't want them to. And that's one of the, the ideas behind, you know, talking to, to people like you and people like Logan is, is you know, I, I definitely want people to know that there are passionate, passionate people behind this industry that have, you know, are the reason why pinball came back in, in, in the way that it did. And in the one thing also, and it is a shameless plug, but you have the best merch uh, <laughs> by far. Thank you. And, Thank you so much. Yeah. And I'm literally wearing, I wear this shirt so much. It is a, <laughs> it's, it's a three quarter sleeve. Is that what they're called? Yep. Three quarter um, sleeve. Yeah. So it's like a, like a baseball jersey, but it is glow in the dark. And I have worn this a lot and washed it a lot and it still glows like the Dickens. It's amazing how bright that, that glow is. Uh, every time I wear it, you know, you go into a dark bathroom and before you flick on the light, it sort of scares you with your reflection in the mirror. Like there's just floating electric battercade. Um, no, no, ser seriously. I have it. I, I'm not paying attention, and then I see that exactly what you uh, just described. I'm like, whoa! Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm wearing my favorite shirt. That's why. And, and you had also mentioned that you have a glow in the dark uh, cups as well. Yep. I've whenever you get tiki drinks, they come in a in a glow in the dark plastic cup that you get to take home. It is. They also, awesome. yeah. Which I like the glow in the dark stuff. So, so if if you want to get awesome merchandise where do you go uh, you can, to, to buy this you can go on our website electricbatarcade.com and there's a merch page and you can uh pick it all up and and then you also uh have been doing streaming as well yes we've been streaming um we've been it, it's it's been a a learning curve for sure but i feel like the visuals and so like now we've 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 upgraded figured out how to use a lot of um gear that we happen to already have um, camera wise and uh, every Sunday at 1 1 p.m. right now Pacific time or Arizona time because we're not daylight savings folks down here um, <laughs> okay okay really quick with that I did have to check that before I scheduled this with you and I was like okay wait are they Pacific time right now or are they mountain time it's yeah. time yeah. I, I'm glad I got it right instead of you know wait, making you wait an hour. So I was no, really, I actually really I double checked that. on it. I I wanted to I checked to see like does he know because you know you can't expect people to keep track of Arizona's weird time stuff. So I I did double check, but thank you. That was that was thoughtful. But yeah, we're doing we're doing a lot of streaming. It's been so much fun, um, just figuring it all out. You know, like. I had no idea when we started streaming that it was anything more than plug in camera one, camera two, camera three, hit go on OBS and there you are. You know, Jack has, Jack Danger has a, a great tutorial on like how to get started. And of course we went through all that. Um, our friend Emoto, Emoto Arcade, she, she had given us um, 
several months before that some some cameras some like webcam style stuff that got us started um and we just uh, we just went from there but man it is so much more complicated than i realized like just getting stuff to sync right and getting it to to look correct and and how to just all the the little things about emotes and and how all those <laughs> work on on Twitch and it's it's been it's been so fun though we we have different people come in um, from the community and play with us and sometimes they're people that are really really good like last week we had um, a friend some friends that that are that are good and I wanted to really learn House of Horrors um, so I wanted to invite them to come play that with me <laughs> so I so I didn't have to do all the research myself about <laughs> about everything. Um, it's just it's a party every week yeah and so now with with that and i'm learning as i'm going with this and and, it's, and hopefully I'll, I'll get better at this <laughs> but as far as the, is the streaming i mean are you you know every time you do it are you learning new things as you do because as you said like you know you learn from jack you learn from a moto or that they helped you out on things uh but but i imagine there's little tweaks that you do you know every week that's kind of getting you a little more yeah every yeah we we have upgraded cameras and that's just we didn't know you know whose computer would be able to handle it better and how like how just you know the actual processing side of it which how that's going to work what kind of settings you can use to to optimize various things and what happens whenever you think you have better you know better bit rates available than what what you you know just there's just so many little things. So yeah, we tweak it a little bit each week. Um, we've recently started recording them so you can go back and watch. Um, I'm glad and, that we did. What is your address on Twitch? Uh, Twitch slash electric battercade Twitch TV electric battercade. Okay. We're pretty easy to find anywhere across the internet. Uh, it's there's not a lot of electric battercade stuff that isn't us. I, I would say that there's none. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is it, so. Not only are the lo, well, location that I've seen, I haven't been to Flagstaff yet, uh, but uh, it, it is one of the coolest designs um, that, that you. I mean, just the, the name is awesome, but the design that you create now. Did you do that yourself? I did. Yeah, I. It's awesome. Thank you. I, pretty much everything that you saw was this a was all me <laughs> at so, that time. So, now so are our... you are using your degree right yeah. yeah and now our social media stuff i used to also run all of that and and kale does 98 percent of that now so so a lot of the stuff you see on social is him and okay. he does a, a great job he was um he he was an art director for i think eight years or something so so he's he's great at all of that i don't have to i don't have to learn final cut or any of those things to make videos he just boop, 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 pops it out and it's um that's really cool. Yeah, no, your your social is very good. It's uh, you 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 have fun with it. Uh, where where it's the you do the close ups of the the play fields and it's the the guess what game it is and mm -hmm. things like that. But but yes, just the the quality is is good. It's it's not just the same thing over and over again, which a lot of occasions do. And that's that's fine. That's not their 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 main uh, focus is social. But I mean, seriously, you guys are you're a delight to follow because uh, it's <laughs> it, it's definitely fun. Uh, and and then you can be found electric bat arcade on on all the the platforms, all the socials. Right. Yep. Okay. We're there.
So I have some questions for you about your operator meeting. I'm, I'm just a little yes. bit curious about what, what you found. I've talked to a couple of my friends that are operators out here, and a lot of them are selling games, not necessarily because they need the money, but because they don't see the places, like their locations are closing. They don't have a place to put it. So, so those games are kind of going out of the operator circulation and into the home arc arcade circulation. Are you finding that that's happening a lot kind of across, across country? So it's, it's really interesting. The, when you look at operators as a whole, it sounds weird, even though pinball was such a big thing uh, with, with operators, especially in the 70s and 80s, that a lot of them got out of it. And a lot of the bigger ones are just now getting back into pinball. Uh, and, and then you, you also have uh, what I call the, the pinball enthusiast operators. These are people that were pinball collectors and had a gigantic collection like you did. And like, I don't want to pay for all the storage and wow, I can make a business out of this. And I'm totally oversimplifying it. And I know that. Uh, but uh, so, so you're seeing more of those folks uh, kind of get into it as well. But what, what you're seeing is your, I, I think the first purge, if you will, are the games that uh, you know people are getting rid of pool tables? Pool, pool is used to be a staple in bars, and now it is becoming less and less popular. And in some states, uh, pool is not allowed at all to be played. Uh, that is one of the big no-nos for, uh, for for you know coming back oh, from, from for, the pandemic. Oh, COVID. Yes. 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 Yeah, because it's, it's very touchy-feely with with uh, mm -hmm. the, the different cues and whatnot, right? Um, and so you're seeing a lot of operators, they're, they're trying to sell these, or some of them are just literally going to the dump and, and just pushing pool tables out there. Uh, and then, then you're, you're really seeing that they're getting rid of the equipment that is not making as much money or is not worth anything. So, so and then it gets back to, to pinball because as, as you know, as an operator, pinball may not make the most amount of money uh, in location, but it's really good for a bar because people there will stay on the machine a lot longer and drink more and they'll be at the location. So it's, it's basically, it's almost like a loss leader. It's, it keeps the person there and they're, they're drinking more. So it's better for the bar. But the, the, the secret, or probably not much of a secret now, is that pinball has really kept its value. And in some locations, uh, you know, some of the, the, the value of these older games has increased dramatically, and especially now with, with COVID. Uh, it, this is the most ridiculous thing to, to say, but we're kind of in a bit of a pinball shortage right now. And mm -hmm. it's very difficult to get your hands on, on pinball right now, not just new, but, but also used. And so I, I think that a lot of these operators, it's, it's a very long answer to a short question, but uh, what they're doing is they're kind of holding on uh, to the pinball machines a little bit longer than the rest of the equipment because they know that's, that's the stuff is that if they need some money, then that's what they're, they're going to start selling. And as you know, as we get closer to the holiday season is when usually the prices of, of used games go up a little bit more because people start thinking of them as, uh, as gifts. But now that people are stuck in their homes, they have been buying games more and more often or renting games from, from you and from other operators. Okay. So, yeah. So, so that, yeah. that's, that's what I've, I've been seeing out there. 
Well, I'm I'm glad that that they are hanging on to them because I I worry about like whenever everything does open back up, you don't you don't want a city that had, you know, 500 locations machines to to have 200 location machines or something. Um, it's just going to be really interesting. I think what what we see across the board. I mean, we don't even know how many bars are going to be around after this. It's I've just seen tons of arcades close, lots of bars. Just uh, you know, it's it's just a tough time for everybody. Yeah, it it is, and and, and I don't want to you know make make light not make light, but you know I, I think that when everything settles down and we're we're able to get out of this, and whether it's a vaccine or whatever it is where the, the numbers are, are low enough where we can have some sort of normalcy that you're, you're going to have a lot of locations, a lot of arcades that uh, a lot of bars and, and arcades that did not make it, but I think there's going to be opportunity for, for folks to, to reopen or, or hopefully the folks that, that did close or maybe they're able to open up in a, in a new location. Uh, it's because again, the desire did not go away. Uh, mm-hmm. The people, People love the fact that you can go out and, and play these games in fun environments like Electric Bat, like Quarter World, like Logan uh, Arcade in, in Chicago. All the, these, these fun places have become second homes. And, and that's, that's not, yes, there are going to be some folks that are going to stay home a little bit more because maybe they're immunocompromised. But for the most part, you know, people want to get out and socialize. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I am the father of two uh, teenagers and they want to get out more than anything right now. <laughs> oh, I can't even imagine being a teenager right now. Um, yeah, we've, we've seen that with, with, our, with our limited reopening in Tempe, we're running time slot tournaments. So 10 people can come in at a time and it's you know best game style. So you play 12 games uh, and I'm, I'm recording all the scores and we have many, 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 we have times, lots of time slots available. Um, so we can stagger the entire tournament and still get people through there. And it, it's, it fills up. You have to, you know, sign up on a Google doc sort of thing. And it fills up sometimes in an hour after we announce it. I mean, it's just, there are so, so many people that want to play in tournaments and there's no, there's, you know, there's obviously no IFPA points available. We're not doing like big prizes. You get a, you get a rad, like little homemade horse horror certificate. Um, they said homemade horse. How do you make a horse? That's <laughs> but yeah, that design, people just, people do really want to, they want to see their friends or, or feel like, feel like regular time again. Yes. Yeah. In Stern Army has not. Stern Army is a a thing that, that Stern Pinball does that is in a collaboration with IFPA. And in IFPA, the the way that it runs is they they talk to all the state directors and say, okay, do you feel comfortable uh, with, with doing events? And it, it's the a vast majority of them have said no, and and rightfully so. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, for most most places like we've talked about, aren't even able to, to be open, but people want to go out there and play and play with their friends. And, uh, you know, and I believe you guys just did a pin golf tournament. Am I making that up or? Yeah, we did a, we did a pin golf tournament. So you had four days, it was spread over four days. So people could kind of come in and do it at their leisure. It was 18 holes. Um, I don't, I don't remember how many people participated. It was somewhere around 50. So, awesome. so we had, yeah, we had people just, just want to come out but it's nice if you spread it out over all of your open hours over four days then 
you know, it's not, it never gets crowded and um, it, it works out. And, and there's, we're, we're trying to think of new, Ping golf is my is my favorite tournament format anyway, but I'd like to do some more tournaments that are that style where like best game where you're not, you know, it's not match play. You're not playing with a bunch of people. You're, you're on your own machine, doing it at your own pace, or you can do it with a partner. Um, but I think it's going to be a while before we're doing any sort of match play. So we're, we're coming up with just new, I mean, ping golf isn't a new format, but, but we'd like to come up with some, some new, actual formats since there's not going to be any points available anyway like let's just do some weird stuff come up with all kinds of different challenges um get get creative and 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 just do fun weird things that's that's what we're good at so. <laughs> tiki bar slash pinball place inside a punk bar so that i mean that is creative <laughs> <laughs> And I think that's that's what you're going to see coming out of this is that the people that are are going to survive are the people that are getting creative, are are figuring out fun ways to to cope with this, and and you're definitely one of the ones that uh, that, that I'm excited to to see you know what what you're doing you know every week when I log into to Instagram or when when I, <laughs> I spy on you on the Twitch feeds, but uh, but yeah, I, I just uh, I, I'm. I'm excited, you know, for not just your, your location Tempe, but I mean, you're, you are, you know, one of the few that are actually saying, okay, screw you COVID. I'm opening up a second location <laughs> and, and, and I wish you the best and thank you so much for, for being a guest on, on Ballsafe. Thank you so much. It's been so awesome talking to you. I hope I get to see you in person soon. Yes, definitely. I, I hope so too. So, um, welcome back to Ballsafe show about the commercial side of the pinball industry. My name is Ryan Cravens. Thank you to everyone that reached out to me and gave me feedback. Uh, sadly, Debbie Harry was not one of them, uh, so I guess I have to continue on with this show. Today, my guest is Rachel Bess of Electric Bat Arcade. She is a wonderful and talented person, and I truly enjoyed speaking with her. Before we get to our conversation, uh, let's look at uh, some things that are going on in the commercial side of pinball. Uh, first, Up Down opens up in Oklahoma City. Uh, up Down, if uh, those of you are not uh, familiar with it, it is a chain of bar arcades. Don't call them barcades because Barcade will not like that. And uh, this is their latest location. Uh, it's just great seeing a, uh, a new loca uh, pinball-specific location open up uh, in times like this. So uh, I hope uh, they, they really do have success with this and uh, I'll be tracking uh, the rest of their locations opening up. They're mainly in the Midwest. Uh, Save Colorado Arcades Petition. Uh, this is actually going to